Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, here was Nick Casario on Wednesday this week, Texans general manager. The question, actually Cody Stutes asked this question. It was about the franchise tag, but Nick kind of went from franchise tag over to salary cap and then dropped Nico Collins' name into the mix. We have some flexibility relative to financial commitments that we might be able to make, but you don't necessarily have to use all your money up in one year. So we've tried to, and I've talked about this previously, really look at your team in sort of two-year increments. So whatever you don't do this year, that money's going to be used in future years. Um, I'm sure I'll get a question here very soon about Nico Collins. That's coming. So that could be a player that maybe he's a part of the future. So you're dealing with the present, you're focused on the short term, but part of our responsibility is to kind of think ahead a little bit so and just try to make good, sound decisions for the team and the organization. I'm still, I'm still wondering when he made that comment where sometimes people kind of like they're hoping that you ask a question uh, that, that because they've got something they want to say. So he brought up Nico Collins' name, and I'm guessing he was ready for some question. He was anticipating a question about Nico Collins. Like, what what was he planning and saying? If somebody had just raised their hand and said, Nick, are you guys going to work on maybe trying to extend Nico Collins before before the, before the this season? I, do you think it was as simple as that, that he wanted to be able to get out there and maybe, like, profess admiration for Nico Collins and how they'd love to get something done? Just so it's like one – it's another little pat on Nico's back to keep the goodwill going. He was actually asked about it afterwards in the short – in the smaller session yeah. with the local media. The audio quality is not great, which is why – I haven't played it, but it was. It's funny because you're right. He was almost begging for a Nico question, and the answer he gave to the media when I think Aaron Wilson asked him about Nico was kind of standard Nick. <laughs> you know, we're hmm. gonna do do what's best for the team. We love Nico as a player, that kind of thing. You know. Okay. Hmm. So it. I I, I I think I to me forget about the follow up question. Forget like the mere proactive mentioning of Nico Collins to me is a clear indication. Like I think I think Nick Casario wants Nico Collins around for the long term. Yeah, he wouldn't yeah. bring up his name if he didn't. Yeah, I uh, the, you know we talked about this yesterday, and um, and and I understand that people are either soured on Nico or skeptical of him because he had those first two years where he flashed promise, but it wasn't consistent. Injuries played into it, but the the biggest thing by far, I think, is if you look at 
the catch rate. It's as simple as his catch rate those first couple seasons when he was when Davis Mills was throwing him the ball, it was like 50% and 53% both seasons. And then last year when he had a, a genuinely accurate quarterback thrown to him, he was well up into the 70s. And it wasn't because he was dropping a bunch of balls or anything previously. You know, he had some – he might have had – I don't know what his drop numbers have. I don't have them in front of me. I mean, he had some pretty notable drops this year. And he – it was just a difference of having a good quarterback in a good system with a good offensive coordinator. Yeah. And I feel very confident that you're going to keep getting more of that same production out of Nico Collins. Passer rating is what it is. You know, it's I, I know it's not a perfect stat. It's like a lot of stats where the really, really good ones look like, okay, that, that, that matches the eye test and the bad ones match the eye test. The record for single-season passer rating in the NFL was Aaron Rodgers back in his MVP season in – 2011, 122.5. Go find the passer rating numbers for C.J. Stroud throwing it to Nico Collins. It's like in the 130s. Like So basically, C.J. Stroud, if he threw the ball in the direction of Nico Collins this season, he was performing at a rate higher than the highest passer rating in the history of the league. Like That's, that's how productive and beneficial it was to target Nico Collins in, in, in 2023. Here, here is Nico. Nico was on the Airing It Out podcast yesterday or at least the the video dropped yesterday and nico collins talked about his contractual situation with the houston texans man to be honest i haven't really even talked to my agent about it i mean i kind of know um that like it's my end of my third you know what i'm saying i'm out for you know a free agency but in my head man i'm like i'm locked into where i, I feel like I, I need another year to prove to everybody what i can do you know because i miss i feel like Really, the first two years I had was due to injuries. I feel like that wasn't my best meet. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like after this year, kind of like, all right, just show them a little bit, boom. And I feel like this year, it's, I feel like it's going to be a little better year, man. Just, just mentally, uh, physically, uh, I know what to expect. I'm um, learning, getting better, growing throughout the throughout the year. Um, just learning the game better. And uh, But, you know, if it come, if it come early, it come early. You know, but I feel like my mindset is just, just throw ball and just let it play out. Yeah, uh, just play out. I I think I think Nico, unless the Texans come to him with an extension that's in line with a top ten wide receiver in that mm-hmm. range, I think he's going to play it out this year. I, I think he's going to I think he's going to go into next year and hope that he's a healthy and b puts up another thirteen or fourteen hundred yards, and then he really puts the Texans to a decision: do we use the franchise tag on him? Do right, we right. do we pay yeah. him what will probably be Closer to twenty-five or thirty million a year if he puts up two years in a row like that. Yeah. One thing Nick had talked about too was that when you put that franchise tag on somebody, you're pretty much setting that yearly value yeah. on it as a, as a baseline. So it gets it gets pricey if you actually really want to get a deal done. It's, you can't look at it just as a placeholder, and then we'll get him at a lower rate later on. It just rarely works out that way. Yeah, I, I think. It would make sense for them to lock him up before the season for, for multiple reasons, including because he wasn't a first-round pick uh, or a second-round pick. He doesn't quite necessarily have that same financial base of somebody who's already gotten his bleep you money. And uh, the, there's something about throwing that first genuinely gigantic wad of guaranteed money at somebody that makes him, you know, 
maybe take the safer route sometimes. When the safer when the yeah. safer route is when the safer route is taking tens of millions of dollars instead of an extra tens of millions of dollars next year, and and you're a guy that has an injury history, um, that can be awful tempting. Yeah, and it, this, this might be the time for them to get him at a discount right now. It may be. It may be. He he did not know. He and he may be feeling exactly what you're talking about there, Seth. That cut did not sound like somebody who's ready to take a discount. Well, he'd be an idiot if he can out there and I'm like, yeah, I'm just hoping they can lowball me no, as soon as possible. I no, I, I, I got to buy a couch. I, no, that, I, and, <laughs> I, and I'm acknowledging that. Like, I, I yeah. like, he's like Nico. The, we're into a new game of poker now between these two sides, is what I'm saying. Like that, like yeah. Nick, Nick put out there in a way like, hey, we're really interested in keeping Nico without being specific about it. And now Nico has said how much he really likes playing for the Texans, but he wants to put up another good year next year. I, you know, I think. Like I, I, this may not come as quickly as as we expect, and I think if it does happen, it's going to be for more money than a lot of Texan fans think it's going to be. Like we, yeah, anytime yeah. you and I talk about something like this, the text page starts to come in with all the the all the the fantasy GMs come in, and I love this. Well, it's this like, is it, well, it's of, like Alex, it's like Alex Bregman, you know? Yeah, like, he, yeah, because especially and we say fantasy GMs, especially with Alex Bregman, people like start getting the fantasy numbers in their heads and they stop thinking about the complete baseball player and. They don't want to believe that Alex Bregman's a top five uh, third baseman when he is. Right, right, and they and they don't want to think that that Nico is that that like last year is more an indicator of what Nico is than the first two years. I, I think, like, right, I think right, it's safe yeah. to assume like this is more who he is, like because he's going to be playing with this quarterback and this OC and this head coach for well, at least the head coach and the quarterback for a long, long time if he were to stay here. Um, but we start to get these numbers that come in on the text page. Hey. Would you do? I think someone sent in three years, fifty-eight million yesterday for Nico Collins. That's nineteen million a year. I would do that. I now, and I think I, f- I feel like I'm at the higher end of what Texan fans want to do. I feel like there's a lot of Texan fans like Nico, three years, forty-two million. Like he ain't gonna play for fourteen million a year. Like he put up a season last year that is, you know, if he does it again, he's a top ten wide receiver. If he if he puts the exact same season together next year, including the two games he missed. To injury, if he plays 15 games next year, puts up 1,300 yards and eight to 10 touchdowns, 80 catches, yeah. and and he's a big part of some big wins for the Houston Texans, especially against that that schedule on national TV a bunch of times next year. I mean, all these guys were toiling in anonymity last year when it came to television. They were never on national TV. If Nico Collins is doing big, Nico Collins had a 75-yard touchdown on the only game they played on national TV on the very first play from scrimmage. Like that that was probably the first time a lot of people around the country really got a taste of Nico Collins and he had nine catches for almost 200 yards in that game. He's going to yeah. be doing that multiple times next year. So I get it. Like Nico's gambling a little bit. Like if it, if indeed there is an injury proneness to him that 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 pops up again next year where he's only playing 11 games, that is a game of guts poker for him. But if he puts up another season like he had this year, he's going to get paid paid. Nico Collins. The uh like Tyreek Hill makes 30 million a year. Yep. DK Metcalf is the fifth highest paid at 24 million a year. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, you're looking at as, as the cap expands that that twenty four million per year for a top five as yep. a baseline is going to get higher and higher. Twenty five so, is the number that's getting kicked around for Amon Ross St. Brown on an extension right now, who's drafted yeah. like twenty picks after Nico. Yeah, and that's where like so Amon Ross St. Brown, if he if he does one 
um, and gets a new deal. You know, like I, I think the Texans can very credibly say, like, okay, Nico, like you, you've not been nearly as consistent as Amon Ross St. Brown. Like he's been, it's, uh, he's been very consistent. Yes, he's had a better offense around him the last couple years, um, but he also hasn't gotten injured. So maybe that helps the Texans out a little bit if uh, if, if Amon Ross St. Brown doesn't take. Uh, a record-breaking deal or something, and then they can—they've got a, a number to work off of with Nico Collins. Yeah, yeah. I hope they like. Keep it's not Nico. like quarterbacks where each next quarterback gets a bigger deal, even right. no matter who he is. Yeah. I think with with wide receivers, there's still a little bit of like, all right, listen, you're the the the, the body of work is just different from I'm on Ross St. Brown. There's a hierarchy for sure at that position where it gets. Yeah, you're right. It gets looked at. It's not like just okay, you get three percent more than the last guy got. Um. The Texans, I was looking at the odds board, Seth. There, there's an odds board that popped out for a lot of the top defensive players in free agency. Um, the Texans are not considered among the favorites or even close to it. For The only one they're among the favorites for, oddly enough, because I don't know like what kind of fit he is in Nico, or in, Nico in D'Amico's system, is Hassan Reddick. They're fourth hmm. on the board for Hassan Reddick, who's put up a couple good years in Philly. Um, nine yeah. to one. Not, the Falcons are the favorite to land him at four to one. They're fourth on the board for Hassan Reddick. Everybody else, and these are all a bunch of edge rushers and Legarius Sneed, um, and Chris Jones. Uh, they're all like Texans are middle of the pack at best for all these guys. I think that uh, some of those defensive ends, um, I think aren't quite as physical as D'Amico would want, and. Uh, and or the body size or body type. So there's that. I'm, I'm surprised that they're as low as they are, though, on most of them because they've got so much cap space and because, like, I, I think people know they, you got a defensive-minded coach that plays a certain – without even knowing D'Amico that much, they know the style of defense that he plays and that you really need good defensive linemen in those. So I am surprised that the odds makers haven't, um, haven't picked up on those at all. They, like, Legereus Sneed is actually – the Texans have more of a likelihood of signing Legereus Sneed in Vegas's eyes than a lot of those defensive ends or or Chris Jones. Yeah, and I'm not buying Chris that. Jones, I don't think Chris Jones would. Um, well, okay. What do you think? Do you think he's going to get out of Kansas City? No, no, there's no chance in hell. Yeah, well, I don't think there's no chance in hell. Um, and I think them giving the franchise tag to Sneed certainly makes the next few weeks interesting here. Because yeah. um, they can only give the franchise tag to one guy in Kansas City, and if you missed it, they, they they're putting it on cornerback Legereus Sneed and. They've given him permission to seek a trade. Um, some of the smoke yesterday, I think I saw James Palmer talk to Brett Veach at the Combine yesterday, and they're optimistic. They, they were saying, like, hey, the fact that we went through this negotiation last year, which really ended somewhat contentiously, like, really helps us this year that we've been through yeah. this one time before. I'm like, yeah, it didn't go well last year, though. Between well, they the said years. that they had a really good conversation after one of the regular season games this year. Yeah. And um, I didn't look to see which uh, – which which week of the season it was, but that seemed like everybody was all smiles after that. Yeah. I you get nervous about that sometimes because usually usually on the GM side of it, the the GM said this is how it goes. Don't worry, we'll take care of you. And the player thinks like interprets that as like, oh, I'm going to be the highest paid dude in the league. And the GM is just thinking like he'll be reasonable, and uh, <laughs> yeah. and that's when people start claiming they were lied to. Yeah, they're the, both sides think that they were lied to because they they agreed to something that actually had no parameters involved. I am um, I'm warming up to the idea of Chase Young on a one year deal, like on a on a prove it deal. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a reasonable prove it. I'm warming up to that. 
Okay. I, I'm going to remind you of that when we're sitting up in the press box and you, you see Chase Young standing, sure you drinking, a, drinking a cup of tea with his pinky up as on the, the quarterback runs by because Chase Young decided not to play that play. No, no, yeah. no. But on a one-year deal, I feel like you know, if he's, if he's got to prove it, you know, he's, he, maybe he'll, he'll try a little harder. He was playing in the playoffs. <laughs> on a, with a, he was in the playoffs and he was taking plays off. Said, and just a randomly going space cadet. I'm warming up to it. I can be talked <laughs> out of it, too. He was on a, like a 10-game a deal with the 49ers by the time he got it's there. It's true. It's true. I know. Yeah. I know. I know. I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying. It's, like, they, they, it's, hard to, it's hard to look at him and not think, like, well, he just, you know, he can just stand out there. Well, uh, that's all we need. We here, just need that guy to go out and stand out there. Let me prepare you for this possibility, smart guy. Uh, Jonathan Grenard may go somewhere else in free agency, and the Texans may be forced to kind of start to dip into other resources or yeah. other. They may be forced to dip into areas that they weren't inclined to do so before to fill a roster at defensive end. Well, yeah, where can they get somebody who underperforms and doesn't always look like he even gives a damn about what's happening out on the Same field? I don't know where you're going to find million. a guy like that for less than twenty. One million year, a year, twelve million, something like that. If they, you know, if it's, if Chase Young gets a little desperate, I'm just, I'm just saying. I don't. Uh, I, I'm honestly, I'd say that I don't. I'd, I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised if. Um, oh, so would I. Don't make make no mistake. I'd be shocked. I'm just saying. I'm warming to it. I, I like honestly, he's. He, he, when I watch him, like he's the opposite of Will Anderson. Yeah. And if the Texans were willing, to, if the Texans were willing to trade as much as they did for a guy who plays like Will Anderson that has that kind of motor, then I'm guessing that they also don't want to pay like super respectable money for a guy who doesn't play with that like anywhere near that type of passion. One of the names on here is Khalil Mack. Where where would you be on Khalil Mack coming here? Um, at the right price, at the right be price, an interesting yeah. One. Yeah. Uh, I. I He'd be fine. I think, like again, though, there's a lot of guys that are like more of the boy. How old is he now? He's he was drafted in 2014. He, I think he's he's mid 30s because he was not a guy. He went to Buffalo, so he probably played five. You know, he was probably in college for five. I think yeah. he might be like 34 or 35 years old. He's yeah, he's older he's than still, you think. He was, um, which means he might be cheaper. He's 33. No, I just wonder, like, what happened? He, like, he would, seemed like he was trailing off for a couple years. He had six sacks was, in a game I, last year. Yeah, but, well, and he was just way more productive in general, not just those six sacks. Yeah. Because he had 18 sacks overall, and it wasn't just, like, some flukish thing or anything. His hurries were up on the year. So whatever fountain of youth he found um, there in uh, Southern California <laughs> – just an hour or so from Mexico, yeah. where the pharmacias are fresh and popping. I don't know. Uh, I think that, uh, yeah, on a short-term deal. Yeah. The fact that he had that resurgence is what intrigues me. I'm just, uh, I wonder if there's somebody out there that's going to try to, like, like Buffalo did with Von Miller, give way too much to an aging pass rusher. I, but on a one-year deal, I think that would be really intriguing. I think he might still be under contract to the Chargers. The reason his name gets kicked around is because, yeah, he's still under contract this season. Okay. Um, but his name gets kicked around because the Chargers are $8 jillion over the cap. Yeah. Um, so that's why his name gets bandied about. So you'd probably have to trade for him. His salary is $17 million this year. Um, so that I'm guessing the price trade-wise would not be drastically high for even Wouldn't a productive 33-year-old. Yeah, I don't yeah. think you're trading. I don't think it's like two firsts like it was five years ago to get Khalil Mack how, or anything like that. How far is L.A. from the border? Is it an hour? I said an hour, but it's got to be more than that, right? From, oh, no from traffic. so where he could go get what he needs to keep getting 17 sacks? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm joking, everybody, by the yeah. way. I don't think he's on steroids. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's about probably like, I think, two hours. 
Well, okay. It's probably like it's probably like fourteen miles, but it takes like three hours yeah. to get there because of the five. I'll tell you, know? you what. Back in the day, man, the Chargers they they had some dudes yeah. that you're like this. Dude. This doesn't seem right. Sean Merriman, this seem man. Physiological, yeah, <laughs> I mean, physiologically busted. possible. I, I mean, there were some defensive linemen that I know uh, that were just like, I, I don't know how they got away with it still, yeah. but like, I think just, I think maybe being able to pop over the border for a quick whatever you need yeah. uh, after, I don't know. Yeah, that's, <laughs> it's, it's a really good crazy. tease. Up next, Seth's going to name names. <laughs> the San Diego names. Chargers. The juicers of the 90s. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. Uh, coming up next, um, I, I, John Crumpler, who covers the Texans for, I believe, uh, I believe Texans Wire is who he, for USA Today. Um, he, uh, he had an interesting theory on the Devin Singletary love. And if indeed the reports about Saquon Barkley are wanting, wanting to come here are true, I'll take him at face value in the next segment. Then why are we not asking this question of Saquon Barkley? That is coming up next. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, here was um, D'Amico Ryan's earlier this week on running back Devin Singletary. Yeah, very pleased with Devin. I remember sitting in a free agent visit with Devin and just, man, his personality, his demeanor, it was a guy I knew I wanted to work with right away. Right, Devin is made of the right stuff. He's a hard worker. He's a leader. He shows up every day in practice with a great attitude, and the guys around him feed off of that. Right, so Devin was a great guy. We'll see what happens in free agency, but we'd love to have Devin back just because of what he brought to our team. He was uh, he was definitely a bright spot for us in that running back room. Nick Casario went on to say some good things about Devin Singletary as well in his breakout session with local media. They they were in lockstep on Devin Singletary and what they were saying. So it led to a lot of folks, myself included, saying, "Boy, they they really want Devin Singletary back. I would love to have Devin Singletary back." John Crumpler tweeted this, and I think there's something to this. He said, "When I see Nick and D'Amico saying what they're saying about Devin Singletary, I just see two smart guys using their market leverage in negotiations with the the other free agent running backs out there." 
you know that uh, that there might not just look. We're not desperate to go find a running yeah. back. We we like Devin Singletary. We're not just going to roll over for you, Saquon or Josh Jacobs or listen, maybe Derek yeah, Henry. Listen, the the league of beleaguered running backs, uh, whatever you call yourselves, right. the, the the running backs guild, local the little five, mini union they tried to local create. Local five thirty four, yeah. And that union got busted up quick. It did. One Zoom Saquon call. Saquon was the first one, right? One Saquon zoom, was yeah. the first one. Like I'll sign he for came. free coffee. I got free. coffee. Coffee for life. He caved. He did. He caved for like a he small the, incentive. He, he left the summit and ran back and couldn't sign right. fast enough. Is this who you want, Texan fans? Somebody who just caves at the first sight of Union Discord? <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> what if it turned out that he had like told everybody at the on that Zoom call, I'm not signing for nothing. Right. Nothing. And then he just stabbed immediately. Stabbed him in the back. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it might fold under question in Saquon, I tells you. <laughs> yeah, so uh he uh, okay. I'm I, I like what I like what Crumpler's thinking. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's like as much that it would directly affect any of those running backs out on the market because yeah. I like every nobody really I think monitors or believes anything anybody says publicly if you don't know them um, until until you actually start getting offers or start taking they don't take visits anymore but um, at least not the first group of guys yeah so I, I I don't I think if anything it would be more of a uh, mindset maybe that Nick and D'Amico both have yeah. in that, you know, like, all right, yeah, we're going to be sure we we kind of play it coy and just be sure that we don't fall in love with any of these running backs or free agents yeah. in general. Uh, but we do the guys that we know. It, it, okay. Hmm. No, I don't think. Okay. <laughs> I'm going back. I like that we're talking this through here. Yeah. Okay. This would be the one thing is that since, since Saquon seems to be playing the – social media game a little bit Mm -hmm. and following CJ Stroud or various Texans on social media and then either having conversations, whatever Aaron Wilson is reporting at the time. Um, yeah, then maybe he is kind of sensitive to that and attuned to it. And, uh, he doesn't, he, he won't feel like, okay, I got, these are my patsies. They're going to give me whatever I want. Right. I, I I think it's, I think it's baked in there somewhere for sure. I let, let's, I want to hit the Aaron Wilson thing here because I have a question for Saquon Barkley and Saquon Twitter. Um, Aaron says this, Aaron Wilson, KPRC two says the headliner of the running back free agent class is New York Giants star Saquon Barkley, who has targeted the Texans as his top possible destination or top potential destination and has been communicating with CJ Stroud per league sources. Barkley could of course remain with the Giants there as GM Joe Shane is holding talks with Barkley and with Barkley's agent. So on that Texans part of that. Um, and again, we're in the smoke season here right now. So um, I'm going to take this for what the, for purposes of the question I'm about to ask. I'm going to take this at face value that Saquon Barkley has targeted the Texans as his top possible destination and is communicating with C.J. Stroud that he wants to come here more than anywhere else. Yeah. Um, my question to Saquon and those who back Saquon. And by the way, let me preface: I'm fine with Saquon Barkley being a Texan. I'm not fine with paying him $13 million a year over multiple years to be a Texan. I think there's other solutions out there at the running back position that make more sense for the Texans at that price. My question would be, if he wants to be here so damn bad, if he's communicating with C.J. Stroud, why do the Texans have to pay him $13 million a year? Why wouldn't, why wouldn't Saquon Barkley, if he wants to be here so freaking bad, 
Take a discount right, yeah. to be here and play here if he wants to win and play with what CJ like, Stroud. Yeah, Mecole Hardman or Kadarius Tony? Like, he's just like, this is the only place that'll have him? Like, yeah, yeah, fine. We'll, we'll let you come play for us, Saquon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Am I off base? Like, am I off base saying, like, if Saquon wants um, to come here that bad, that the Texans be like, okay, I, cool, I, here's your offer, $9 million a year. Well, yeah, I don't think you're off base. I mean, this is like ultimately, I, you're not off base. I just there's it's a it's like there's a reason there's free agency there's multiple people that are in on it that's why I think like a lot of this talk of posturing and all this um or Saquon like honestly like okay ooh Saquon's targeted the Texans as the prime place he wants to be why where what like how like well, how what the hell does that mean um so yeah if you're the Texans I don't think it should affect you one way or the other about how much you want to pay him. Uh, it should be like whatever you think that uh, he's worth as a player, and there's an envelope there. Yeah. But like, you don't have to play hardball with him or act like like. I, there's no way in hell I think they're going to say, "Oh, well, you want to be here based on this Aaron Wilson report." Is that right? Well, then here, six million a year. Well, they, like, is there like, is you think Nick's going to be like, "Oh, Aaron Wilson says no, well, no, no, case, no, no." But yeah. but if it's true, then they're going to know he wants to be here. You know what I mean? He'll have, he will have communicated with CJ yeah. and, have, and have expressed something to the Texans to that effect you know like it's, yeah they'll have had conversations where he'll have he'll have backed up what Aaron's reporting at that point is there know? any chance okay if Saquon genuinely wanted to be here this is where I, I think we're I, it's just it's just so hard when you start talking about actual dollar amounts for and everything because sure. you don't yeah. know what anybody's expectations are so I like I know I don't think that he should have to take a discount or what have you I think that the more likely scenario might be that maybe Nick and D'Amico might be a little bit skeptical of paying any running back in free agency respectable That's money. That's true. Because it's so – it's such – such a bad risk. Yeah. Like, it's such a bad risk, for no matter who it is, um, that they maybe think, like, okay, well, he really, if he really wants to be here and, like, this is, like, a little bit different, like, he's committed because he believes in it, and that kind of fits the vibe we've got going here with CJ and Will where they just, like, they're almost, like, true believers, yeah. you know? Um, then maybe they'll entertain it a little bit more, and maybe they're maybe they're willing to meet in the middle a little bit more if somebody genuinely wants to be here. I'll put it this way: I think there's zero chance that Nick Casario is of mind to pay any running back twelve million dollars a year, any of them, yeah, any of these guys that are out there in free agency. And thus, if Saquon, if if that's the market for Saquon at other places, and Saquon wants to come to the Texans and play, I think he's going to have to come here at a price that's less than twelve million bucks. I just don't think Nick Casario is a G. He comes from New England, you know, and I and I know there's there's things they do where the opposite. Yeah. yeah, they take running backs who are they take running backs who are like fifth round picks. They get a lot out of them, and then they pawn them off on the Texans. Yeah, like or they look, pawn them off on the dude, Titans. Or they pawn them off on somebody look, else. Garrett Blunt was their leading rusher on a couple of their most recent Super Bowl teams. You know what I mean? Like it's. It, so I, I just think, and I know there's certain things where we look at it and we go, well, that's what the Patriots did, and Nick doesn't do those things. You know, like, Nick has gone gone the other way on some of the New England stuff. This I feel pretty strongly about is he's not going to be somebody who is paying tippy-top price for for a, a running back on a second contract. I just I, And yeah. maybe I'm wrong. I, like, I, I have no information to that effect. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm just trying to read the tea leaves with all this. Um and so I, I don't even think it's something where the Texans do it in an insulting way to Saquon, where it's like, well, if you want to come here, um, then this is what the price is. I just think I think they're going to have a number in mind for all these guys, and I don't think the number that they would pay for Saquon Barkley is going to approach what Saquon Twitter thinks it's going to be. Well, I, I think, too, and um, you know, I, I didn't hear Landry's, um, Landry give this argument 
in full live, but I just I've I've heard the sounder that they're playing. Yeah. Where he's talking about, you know, he'd be incredulous that that people wouldn't want to try to fill the running back position. I guess that's where and again, I don't know what Landry's full and total argument was or anything. I, I, the, it doesn't necessarily – like, addressing the running back doesn't also mean that it has to be Saquon Barkley and Agreed. it has to be for a lot of money. Right. Um, like, there's ways to address the running back position, as many, many, many teams do, without it being a guy like Saquon Bar- Barkley specifically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, and, and let's face it, like, improving the Texans' running back room – um, it's not a high bar to clear based on last year. You know, you had like nine good games out of Devin Singletary, and that's pretty much all you got out of the running back room last year. Like that, and, Nick, I'm, and I'm including Nick, the backups in this. Like you didn't get eight to ten good carries from a backup in some of the games where Devin was running the ball really well. You know? Yeah. What about uh, if Nick Chubb gets released? Are you? Would you be more into Nick Chubb or or Saquon? Barkley? His his injury would scare me a little bit. Uh, yeah. The, I mean, it was a bad knee injury. He had to have two yeah. surgeries on that knee. That would that would scare me again. Be a good discount there. Yeah, as him. you pointed yeah. out, Seth. Like a lot of this, and that's what a lot of like free agency talk is fun on the radio. It really is, but it's when you're when you're not talking about what the dollars are with all this stuff. There, some of it lacks substance. And so, if you ask me, like, would I like Nick Chubb if the Browns were to release him? Sure, coming off of that knee injury, one year, seven million bucks for I, Nick Chubb. Let's roll. You yeah. know, it's just fun. I love the the thing is. Like signing Nick Chubb or Saquon Barkley, it's like, yeah, these are guys whose teams don't want them. Um, and it's not the same as like when you can't afford to pay, uh, you can't afford to pay uh, a Mario Williams or something like that. It's just like, oh man, running backs are way too excited. We can't be spending on this running back. I don't care right. who the hell he is right now. Right. Uh, we, 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 we can't have this guy. Yep. Nick Chubb's contract is too unwieldy because yeah. he got injured. Yeah, because he got injured. Like the injury plays heavy into the Nick the Nick Chubb stuff for sure. But that's um, what happens to running backs; they get injured. They, yeah, yep, they do, they do. All right, um, Payne and Pendergast with you on a Friday. Still a ton to get to. We'll get to all the headlines in the eight at eight at the top of the hour. I have a programming suggestion for the NFL Network once the draft is over, based on news that we got on Jerry Jones yesterday. Dan Orlovsky's got his first hot take of the draft season. We'll have that for you coming up next as well. Stay there. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t 
After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents. Payne and Pendergast. All right, so news out of Dallas yesterday. This, this this was a thing during the season. Jerry Jones, owner of the Dallas Cowboys, um, may uh, may have a love child out there. Um, two, what? Two years ago. That's, two, that's a such a shock. I know. Can you, you mean a different one? The different one that we already know about. Well, at least well, the one we already may know about is the one we're about to talk about. But I will concede oh, right. there could well, we know about. there could be others out there. I'll concede that that Jerry. Jones, oh, okay, but the one that we're specifically talking about is the one that had news. the gag. The, the this woman's mother had a gag order and she, all that. She yeah. did. Yeah, yeah. So two yeah. years ago, Jerry Jones was sued by a woman who claims she's his daughter, and Jones. This is progress for um, for this woman. Uh, Jones is being ordered by a court now to submit to a DNA test aimed at establishing or That's debunking gross. the allegation of paternity. Via the Dallas Morning News, a judge issued on Wednesday a ruling required Jones to submit to DNA testing. The parties argued the issue to uh, to a judge back on February 19th. The lawyer representing 27-year-old Alexandra Davis, that yeah. is the person in question, called it a, quote, huge victory. And um, it doesn't say in the article when this will take place, but I do have a suggestion for revealing the results, and that is this. If the NFL truly wants to continue to provide content for its audience beyond just the combine and free agency, the lead-up to the draft – Maybe even the schedule release. The schedule release comes like a week and a half after the draft is over, a week or two. Um, when we get into that dead period, Seth, I would say sometime mid-May, sometime between mid-May and early June, you know, kind of starts to deaden a little bit there. I would say we do the NFL Network made-for-TV special where we release the results of this paternity test. I, uh, I, I feel bad for this woman if, if she is indeed Jerry Jones' daughter. And, like, obviously she's not, you know, she she had nothing to do whether or not she was, you know, who fathered her. Uh, but if he's been actively denying this for so long to the point where she has to have a paternity test, that's a rough spot to be in in life. You know, you're just, your father's actively and publicly trying to deny your existence. Not just a deadbeat dad, but a billionaire deadbeat. That's dad. where I'm going. Like, okay. Yeah. So so yeah. if if indeed turns out that he's her dad, yeah, she does probably have legal rights to at least part of the empire. Then right. I don't know. I mean, you can do whatever you want with your kids. You don't have to. Your kids don't deserve anything. Yeah, that's true. Okay. I don't know. I the, yeah. I don't like you could you could leave all of your stuff to one of your children and leave the other two out in the cold. I can't. Right. Oh. Yeah. Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> none of the get so- none of the three should be salivating over the fortune that's waiting for them. But that's uh, an interesting. It's an interesting angle you bring up there. There was, uh, there was. I can't remember the, I can't remember the the details of all of it. But yeah, there was some kind of, um, yeah. There's, she basically just wanted to be included in this or that, and she wasn't at all. Yeah. Um, and now it's gotten to the point where it's embarrassing for. Her. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would feel like I, I, like honestly, whatever recourse she does have, yeah. If there's defamation or anything like that, I hope she goes after him. 
if that's her dad. Like, yeah, obviously. Yeah. If it's not her dad, then I, I would have a hard time knowing how much to feel bad about her or not because she's like, boy, did she intentionally know that he wasn't, but she still went after it or vice versa. I, but if she's genuinely his kid and he's been denied in all these years, then um, yeah, please go after him uh, as hard uh, and as, as aggressively as you please. Are you here for the slew of articles we're about to get over the next several weeks from Florio on parental law and things like that? As this all, as this all plays out? Like, I feel like, I feel like this is, this is something that shoots way up Florio's radar right now. Jerry yeah. Jones paternity. Yeah. <laughs> Florio is going to be in on this. man. I want Florio to host my made-for-TV show that releases the results of the paternity test. The, the whole thing I got a little bit confused about was that the, the woman's mother had received financial support in exchange for... Keep not publicly identifying Jones as her father. Right. Um, like, or at least allegedly, whatever. I don't know what's a legend and what's real or not or anything. So it almost feels like it was... I, I, like, I, like, how is the daughter supposed to somehow be responsible for keeping Jerry's dirty little secret when she... Like, it's, I, like, I, as an agreement I, with the mom. I just... I hope there's some way to punish Jerry on this is all. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I, I hope there's a way to punish I Jerry. Think my, I think my idea... Is, is a pretty good punishment that they release the results on the NFL Network in a made-for-TV special. That could be very embarrassing for Jerry. I think, I think one of the biggest – what punishment can you give a billionaire without sending him to jail? Public embarrassment. That, that's the punishment right there. If they sent him to jail, it would probably be one of those awesome jails too. Yeah. Where you get to play tennis and you everything. You get to cook. You actually take cooking classes. And he'd actually, he'd be able to, you know, he'd be able to purchase his protection and mm-hmm. all that. Mm-hmm. He'd just be fine. It's not like he wouldn't end up Dude. like the Colonel in Boogie Nights, you know? He, he, no, God, I hope not. <laughs> uh, yeah, he'd probably still be able to run the draft from uh, like the, the library at the prison, you know? Or like, by his prison uh, f- smartphone. Yeah. He's smuggled in. Somebody would smuggle oh, in dude. a smartphone How in their butt for him. great And then he would be? do it via Zoom. They yeah. go to the Cowboys war room on NFL draft coverage, and it's a split screen of the actual war room and Jerry in like a, in like a palatial cell at Club Fed. I, or just like a normal cell, but he's under the sheets with his prison cell phone. <laughs> yes. Like uh but like you know, the guard comes around. I feel like the, in those places, I feel like the guard comes around and he almost yells at it like he's a bratty kid talking to his mom or yeah, something. Yeah. It's like Carl, yeah. come back later, Carl. Yeah, man. I just don't don't bother me, Carl. <laughs> All right, so um, so Jerry yeah, Jones. I hope he gets sued for four hundred billion dollars. He may. You never know. Um, text message: I'd rather re-sign Derek Barnett for a cheaper deal versus signing. Chase Young, put Chase Young aside. I was just kind of throwing that out there as a lark a couple segments ago. Um, I think bringing back Derek Barnett, he probably would not be very expensive. They're going to have to fill that defensive end depth chart with a few guys like Derek Barnett. You know, Derek uh, Barnett, Jerry Hughes has gone too. Yep. yep. And uh, look, Dylan Horton, we don't know exactly what's going on with whatever his situation was. Uh, hopefully, he's back this spring. Yep. Because um, he showed promise. But yeah, they've they've got a few. And whenever you play a D-line rotation, it's not like you're going to have eight first-rounders out there. So you got to have some journeyman types, some aging veterans perhaps. Yeah, maybe they trade for Khalil Mack and, and work him out on a, on a, a comfortable two-year deal or something. Yeah. I wonder if Jerry Hughes playing productively until he was 35 for the Texans makes them more open to a guy like Khalil the Mack. Older guys? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. The um, only thing is I can't have, like a, I can't have a Von Miller – Type of contract like the Bills no, do with Von God, Miller, no. you know? No, 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 no. no. I, I'm not. A, I'm not afraid of the Texans doing that at all. 
Um, Barnett would be – Barnett played good football for them last year. That would be good. Um, here's Dan Orlovsky yesterday on first take. This is Dan Orlovsky firing the first salvo in the – I wouldn't take Caleb Williams' number one race. If I were the Chicago Bears right now, I would take Jaden Daniels out of LSU. That is not a knock on Caleb Williams. That is a plus in Jaden Daniels. I think, number one, when you watch all these guys play, the best thrower, the best guy against man coverage, ball placement-wise – is Jaden Daniels. Number two, when we're talking about explosive play, like guys who have to throw the ball downfield, what does it look like? Jaden Daniels throws the ball best downfield. And then number three, who's got the best pocket piece? When I say piece, it's P-E-A-C-E. All these guys are athletic. It's no longer like this plus. Every one of these guys has that attribute. The patience and the peace within the pocket, he's the best at. Um, Candidly, I think when it comes to what guy had the best game, None of these guys' games compare to Jaden Daniels against Florida. If you just watch that player versus the University of Florida, you would go, that's the best player in college football, and he's going to be the guy that transfers the best into the NFL. Caleb Williams is fantastic. I think Jaden Daniels is better. Okay, and, and, and that's a fair take. Like I, I'm, not as on, I'm not as much on the Caleb Williams as a generational prospect train as others are. I, the last part there, Seth, I'm like, okay, I don't remember the LSU-Florida game. Florida hasn't been a really good football team. In a yeah. long time, as CJ yeah. Stroud pointed out to Fred Taylor a couple weeks ago, um, Florida was Florida was seventieth in passing yards allowed per game this year among Division One A schools. Like they were below the middle of the bed. Like that part, okay. Like the, the part where nobody had a better game than Jaden Daniels did against this mediocre defense all year long. Like that's it's a weird I take. See. I know. <laughs> well, I, I think he want. I want to say he did that with Anthony Richardson too. There are a couple of like. I, I think Dan likes looking at best games as kind of like the the high bar for where a guy might he be. He did but, best yeah, I do, throws I, with Anthony Anthony Richardson. <laughs> like, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think you have to take level of competition into a, into account. Yeah. Obviously, that's why. CJ playing against Georgia's defense the yes. way he did. Yes. You know, when one of your best yes. games is against one of the best defenses of the Thank past you. decade. Yeah, that's a that's a big check in your favor, obviously. I think with with Jaden Daniels, I wonder if I wonder if some people like like the actual obvious natural talent and ability of Caleb. Um but that I like Caleb Williams is not all that it doesn't seem like he's all that com- uh, committed to like playing within the scheme or on schedule necessarily, and that's yeah. a lot easier to do when you have a really good offensive line as well. So there's some of these plays where it's like he stands back in the pocket for five seconds and then scrambles for another five seconds, dude. And we're like Jaden Daniels. He's like I, I like if you know old school scouts would have been like I don't know if this guy can play the Lord's football um, because he can run. Also, we don't need no running quarterbacks. Like no. He's like he reads the full field. Yeah. He can play within scheme. He can do all those things. So the upside or the like absolute ceiling of physical talent and throwing ability and everything might not be the same. But I bet there's some scouts that look at him and think like, yeah, but I feel like he's going to run my system. And you know, you know, with Caleb Williams, I'm not so sure that he's he's going to actually do everything we need him to do. Yeah. Um, here was Greg Cosell. Um, Greg Cosell, I don't, I can't, I don't know if this was from Ross's podcast, if the video, this, this video from Greg Cosell, um, Greg Cosell, noted film expert, um, breaks down all these guys. He watches a ton of film on all these guys that are going to be in this draft. 
Um, he says, uh, forget about Caleb Williams being a generational quarterback. They ain't no such thing. You know, I think we learned, I hope we learned our lesson a little bit. And this is no knock on Trevor Lawrence at all, who I think is a good player and will probably get better. But, you know, everybody said when he came out, he's a generational quarterback. You know, and that's a term I would never use. I mean, he's played three years in the league and he's a good player. But I don't think anybody is going to say right now that Trevor Lawrence is generational or that he's even one of the two or three best quarterbacks in the league. So, yeah, like Andrew Luck, Trevor Lawrence, Caleb Williams, those are the guys who've been labeled generational yeah. over the I, last Look, nobody's years. buying it anymore. Yeah. I, it's just, it, you had sent me um, a thing that Kurt Warner had tweeted out, just kind of philosophizing about how hard it is to project quarterbacks these days because – they're asked to do so few of the things that they're going to be asked to do in the NFL yeah. or, or it's just done differently. And it is like, even if you're running a pro style offense in college, uh, the demands are not the same. The things you can and can't get away with aren't the same. I mean, you just, you get one of the biggest things you get to the NFL and like the ability of teams to play man defense, even the team, even the teams that are bad at man defense are still playing way better man defense than anything you see in, in college. Yep. So all of it just gets a lot tougher in that respect. Um, and then, I mean, so few, like so many quarterbacks don't even take a snap under center anymore. So everything in college. So it's just really, really hard to project. And, and it's not just at the quarterback position. A lot of offensive linemen are never in a three-point stance uh, in their entire life until they get to the NFL now. That's true. Like it's, yeah. So it's really hard to project these guys. And I think that's where uh, it's, it's anybody's guess. You can look at physical skills and you can look at some of the cool things they do, but you just, you just really don't get a sense for, hey, all right, uh, this is what this guy's going to, A, you know, do in these situations, but B, like, do when he's in a really strict system. Yeah. And, you know, like, um, you know, Lincoln Riley doesn't necessarily have, uh, like, a, a system that I think – like, nobody's looking at any, any system in college now and saying, like, well, no, I don't want a guy that, from that system. No. But that's also not a system where NFL coaches look at it and we're like, oh, yeah, that transfers right away. Well, and I think what we've learned, too, so much of it is – where you get drafted to like when you label yeah. somebody generational to me you're labeling somebody that they are head coach organization and scheme proof that like whatever you drop them into they're gonna make it work and I think we saw it like Trevor Lawrence almost got ruined by Urban Meyer Trevor Lawrence is having a hard time getting out of second gear with Doug Peterson mm -hmm. um, are those the best situations I think what we saw and I'm not saying Bryce Young or CJ Stroud are necessarily generational although CJ's on a pretty good track one year in but if you drop CJ in Bryce's situation in Carolina and vice versa, their rookie seasons probably look very different. I think CJ is the better player in either yeah. in either scenario, but I don't think CJ is winning Offensive Rookie of the Year and winning ten games in Carolina. I mean, yeah, and it's it's the same way with coaches, right? Yep. I mean, like Andy Reid was Andy Reid was a very good coach who got a lot out of Donovan McNabb and Alex Smith, um, but then Pat Mahomes shows up. And it's a whole different deal now. Now, Pat Mahomes, similarly. Yeah, if Pat Mahomes had gone, if, if Pat Mahomes had gone and played for Cliff Kingsbury, I guarantee you 100% uh, in the NFL, it, it wouldn't look like what you've seen right now. Nope. And uh, so that's just like, yeah, that's the perfect blend right there. Yeah. That's why, and that's why, that's why I'm honestly, I, 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 I'm, I'm kind of, I don't know if I'm okay with it, but I get why Caleb Williams and his dad might, 
want to try to engineer where they go to. I agree. Because you go, like, it's, it's scary, man. You're going to be married. They're going to have control. They've got seven years, theoretically eight years of control over you the day you get drafted, the day you sign that contract with that team and, you know, with franchise tags. And that's, uh, that's tough if it's a place that's never put out a good quarterback. That, yeah. Well, that, well, or, or, I mean, forget about that you could be controlled for eight years. You get dropped into a bad enough situation, and you turn into Trey Lance, or you turn into Justin Fields, or you, you know yeah. what I mean. Like you, yeah. it doesn't matter. They can keep you for eight years. They don't want you after three because you got dropped into a situation that was so bad. And I, I dude, I would be so nervous if I were going to Chicago as a quarterback, just based on the history there. Um, you know, the weather's one thing, which I think factors yeah. in. But I, I would be so nervous going there. And this is like, because even as I said that, I'm like, okay, somebody's going to think this is like the same as the Ohio State quarterback thing. It's not at all. It's It really is. What well, big part of it with Chicago is, A, the weather conditions. I think it's just, you're right on the lake there. That is a, and it's freaking cold. It sucks, dude. I live there. <laughs> it's, a, it's awful. It it's is terrible brutal right there. Yes. It's not even, and that stadium's not one that should be affected by the weather as much, but because it's a complete bowl. But because it's right next to the lake and all that wind comes off and everything, it's, it's brutal. Uh, and then, but and it is also owned by in the NFL. The ownership families matter. Yeah. And uh, like the McCaskey, I just I don't know what it's like right now. I know people who have coached for the Bears who have said that a lot of the meetings that you think are going to be like, hey, this is about football, right? Uh, at least used to turn into just like, like family feud type stuff. Yeah. Uh, just uh, a lot of just sniping back and forth and all this. Stuff. Yeah. So sometimes it's a matter of just the family that owns the, the, that owns the team. And I don't know what the McCaskies are like right now. It's just in the past. It wasn't always so rosy. They got a B plus on the NFL PA report card. Yeah. B, a B plus. <laughs> Yeah, but the the Chiefs got the worst grade. They did. So I, I don't know what to do with this. I, I, I almost feel like the uh, I feel like the McNairs have gotten too too nice. They they're uh, they got to start do something to piss off the yeah, players to yeah. the point where they go and win a. There's a direct go, correlation to Super Bowls and being rated horrible as an owner. You know what? I, maybe the Chiefs are like Major League. Maybe the maybe the owner is just such a bastard that the team has decided that you know what. That's it. It inspires we're gonna, the uh, team. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're going to win in spite of you. Good theory, Cl- Seth. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> you think Clark Hunt has some kind of like uh he's got he's trying to move the trying to move the team to Costa Rica <laughs> Jeez, or something yeah, right. and they just won't lose enough for him to pull it <laughs> exactly. off. Exactly. Exactly. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend 
or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t